Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Predators podcast, Justin Bradford, Matt Best, and today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you get 20% off your next order. And Matt, I just got another care package from Built Bar. So that means one's, one's coming to you soon, too, because it's got to go through Canada Post. Uh, <laughs> What'd you get? It's the new peanut butter crisp built bar. That sounds... Have you had it yet? Yes, I ate it for breakfast today, and it was delicious. You are like... You're the ambassador now. I am, because it actually tastes good. That's why I was just replying to, to someone on Twitter. I think it was Daniel. And he he's like probably a built part. Like, actually, I had it for breakfast. Oh, yeah. I saw that pop up in my timeline. Yeah. And but, I, I had a good, good. time with that. It's, it's, it basically, it's like a chocolate bar with some peanut butter and a little Rice Krispies. It's a nice way. Like, as the ads say, it's a, it's healthy. Yeah. And, and it's not healthy. Either. Like, it's not healthy. Like, when you call Diet Coke healthy. Right. That's, that's not healthy. Right. And it's if not you a- call Diet Coke healthy, give your head a shake. But yeah, no, these are actually not good for you in the sense of like a fruit or vegetable, but a good replacement. It's it's a good, healthy alternative. Yes, because this has like, and I know I'm speaking on ads here, but it's 21 grams of protein and only had seven grams of sugar. That's what threw me right there because it tastes like a candy bar, but it only had seven grams of sugar. So it tastes really good. And I liked it. And again, you've heard us on this podcast so far, folks. I'm not going to promote something big time like that. Like I'll do the ad reads when I would, but if I oh, need yeah, we'll to fake an ad read, well, but this legit is a product that I didn't expect to like, and I really like it. And That's I'm so a- happy when I get a care package from a sponsor. Now I'm like, Ooh, I get more free food. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they don't mind us saying that we were skeptical because at first who's not skeptical of something yeah. that's just absolutely free. But the best testify or testifies testimonies testify. are the ones that testify. The best testimonies are the ones where it's like, yeah, I thought this was going to be bad, but you know what? It was really good. And now we're spending on air time that has nothing yeah. to do with like the today's episode, even though it is sponsored by Bill Bar. It is. So it's just delicious. Spe- speaking of what we didn't necessarily expect to be good, but it's kind of surprised us. The, the Nashville Predators went out and beat Detroit 2 nothing. A shutout victory for Pecorine. And you had the players performing in this game that absolutely needed to perform in this game. And that's what was impressive. And that's what looked good, at least in this game tonight. Or, sorry, Wednesday, Tuesday night. Ooh, getting my days mixed up here, man. Getting my days fully mixed up. That's what looked good Tuesday night is that you had Philip Forsberg scoring twice, even though one was pulled back. Mm-hmm. You had Roman Yossi getting an assist. You had Mikhail Granlin getting an assist. You had Yossi getting another assist. Forsberg, ridiculous, finding Ellie Tolvin on the power play. So Beautiful. both the goals on the power play, and the Predators only took one penalty as well, whereas Detroit took four penalties. So a lot of good things in this game. Pecorine looking like Pecorine of old overall. And I don't want to overhype this because it's a victory over Detroit, but these are these little things if, of what you want to give confidence in, which is Ellie Tolvanen and your star players doing the star player things. And you have a guy like Mikhail Glenland who is playing on the first line, showcasing himself because he's going to get traded. Uh, <laughs> so the, the quick takes right there. We'll dive a little bit deeper in there too. But again, tempering excitement over this too, just saying it was a good win. They did a lot of good things right. And we'll have audio from Forsberg and Tolden in, in the next segment. But Matt, just your overall take in this game, what you noticed out there. 
It was just a cleaner, more refined game. Nothing, well, not nothing. We won't say that. They didn't look out of place like we've seen over the last few series between Tampa, between, heck, you go back to that Detroit series from before. Uh, you go all the way back to the series against the Panthers, especially. Like, they don't look out of sorts, but this is what you kind of expect them to look like against the Red Wings. Now, I know in the last episode I said you got to go and beat the wheels off of them. Yeah, I'll take a clean game instead. I'll take a 2 nothing shutout instead of beat the wheels off. I just wanted to see some sort of consistency. The lines I still don't necessarily agree with, but if they're working, they're going to work. And if Hines is doing something here and just knows why Grimaldi deserves to be on that second line, then sure, he can stay on the second line for now. But I think Tolvanen is really emphasizing the point that, yeah, he's an NHL player and he shouldn't have started the season on the taxi squad because it's all the little intangibles that he improved upon from last year to this year, which makes him a more bonafide NHL player. Like he's seamlessly going from spot A to spot B on the power play instead of just being dormant in one spot specifically. He's able to streak in slowly, find his right spot, shake his man a bit, and then be open for that Forsberg pass, which is beautiful. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Tolvanen. I think he's playing himself into a top six role. By the end of the season, if Tolvanen is not going to be getting top six minutes or in a top six featured role, then I, I don't know what's going on. That'll be one of my biggest problems. Uh, but I won't say anything on that until it actually happens or doesn't happen. But him playing with Johansson, I did like. Uh, good to see Johansson back. Obviously not a gigantic impact in this game. Like, Why are you skipping to our second segment topics? I am. <laughs> Where? Where? Show me. It's in the chat. <laughs> My chat won't open. Oh, no, I've been in my Zoom. I don't even see you anymore. I, this, this is what I have to deal with, folks. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, you said overall <laughs> views, and I'm giving you my overall views. <laughs> and that is part of my overall views, that they look good together. We'll dive in more uh-huh, uh-huh. in the second segment. Yeah, okay. Yeah, a little... Uh huh. So this game as well was frustrating a lot of Predators fans because it was a slow start. Like this game until the third period was boring, ridiculously boring. After the first period, I tweeted, Wasn't "Well, fun. that was a period of hockey. Yeah. <laughs> it I mean, was a one big chance, and that was about it." Detroit was actually controlling a good bit of puck possession overall, but the Predators were getting more quality in terms of chances. I mean, overall, the way that the the high danger Corsi four was twelve to four in Nashville's favor. Mm-hmm. So I mean, did you see the? Did you happen were, to see the heat map from tonight too? I did. Yes, Predators Which is are, awful to talk about on an audio podcast, but we're all right in front of the net. <laughs> yeah, and then the Red Wings. The one thing that impressed me, if we're still talking about general things, mm-hmm. is the Red Wings' chances all came from the center of the blue line. Yep, which is perfectly fine i am fine with giving up all your chances to the blue line especially when the red wings uh, phil peronik's not going to do all the damage Uh, you look around they don't have nick lidstrom on the blue line anymore there isn't that major threat there so the the predators deserve a bit of credit for keeping the puck battles away from the front of the net and keeping them into the corners keeping them near the blue line the one thing i will say though is mark borvietsky and benning the handbook on how to beat them is slow up for half a second, then go, 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 go. <laughs> because my goodness, I don't know what it's going to take. Just play three steps behind, but leave the I, lane open and just, ah, uh, man. Now, how about this? I even tweeted this one out too. The Predators were credited with 33 hits. 
They also are credited with 33 shots on goal, but 33 hits. I think it's after the first period, they had 20 hits they're credited with. I don't know if it was some sort of home cooking in Detroit, which usually that's when you think you're going to rack up certain stats like that, uh-huh. as if you're in the home arena, right? But Bar- Borvieski was credited with six hits out there. Matt Benning with four hits. I mean, even Philip Forsberg made a comment about Ellie Tolbin and playing more physical and saying that he looks a little small, but he's not, he's not afraid out there. He's willing to, to play the body, which shows credit to Tolbin's game and how he's continuing to progress because before he wouldn't be physical, he's playing a more European style game. It's all about just finding open nice and not being open. So for Philip Forsberg to actually say that, to go out and say without being prompted to say that as well, shows what he as a veteran is noticing at Ellie Tolbin's game. But I just thought that was kind of funny in terms of stats, 33 hits for the Predators. I know they're playing physical, but I don't know who was running the hit counter there in Detroit, but they're just ting, 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 uh, ting. The Detroit broadcast was something else to watch tonight. And I don't like railing on different broadcasts, but my goodness, I think they had a bit of an off night. There were so many discussions about like the expansion draft and like protecting players. And they had to keep correcting one another being like, well, he's a free agent or it's like, well, he's an RFA or well, he's exempt. It's like, boys, get your stuff together. Like we don't need to hear you correct one another on air all the time. And uh, pronunciations of different predators names were kind of bad. And to go along with the the bet that you always say is a good one, Philip Forsberg had five shots on net. Hammer it. He's only disappointed me, I think, once if I've bet on him. Yeah. Um, I do want to quickly say, got to scroll down real quick. Luke, I'm sorry I didn't tell you to hammer that bet, but I'm still not sold on the minus one and a half for the Predators. I mean, it's the Red Wings and they played a close two nothing game. I'm still not sold. I won't bet on the Preds still until I'm looking at their schedule now. Uh until after the Columbus series, they won't touch any of my money in there. But if you did bet on it, congrats, buddy. Good, good hit. <laughs> okay, fair. Okay, up next, let's dive a little bit more into this game. We're going to hear from Philip Forsberg and Ellie Tolvin, especially on that power play goal and just what they've been working on. Because if you notice something, I, I want to talk about it. Hopefully you notice this as well, that it seemed there was a gravitational pull out there and also Pecorino having a fantastic game uh, as well. So that's up next on the Lockdown Predators podcast from Justin Bradford. He's Matt Best. And welcome back to the Lockdown Predators podcast. Justin Bradford, Matt Best. He is making some weird faces at me that just are not safe for work right now. And we definitely didn't think a mad read was in that segment either. No, not us. No, not, not us. Hey, we're getting thrown off. Even though we're reading, it's right in front of us. We still get thrown off. Anyways, the goal from Ellie Tolvanen is exactly what we need to be seeing more of out of this team is setting him up to have more opportunities like that because Ellie Tolman was in his sweet spot and he was found by Philip Forsberg. It was, first of all, it was a great passing, lots mm-hmm. of great passing and actual puck movement on the power play. Holy Isn't that crap. so nice to see? Holy crap. Puck movement on the power play because what happened was when the puck finally got back to Philip Forsberg and he started skating in like he typically does when he's going to, level out his really hard wrist shot that will go in quite often he drew the entire penalty kill unit of detroit towards his direction and who was over on the other side of the ice being like yoohoo hello family (laughs) ellie tolvanen wide freaking open also with a wide freaking open net where all he had to do was pop it in and finish the job 
Yeah. That's exactly what's supposed to be happening on the power play is puck movement, creating opportunities to where you go crisscross, applesauce, puck in the back of the net. We haven't been seeing that too much, but finally we're seeing a little creativity on that thing. And But that's what you want to see to, to really get a young player like Ellie Tolvin and up and going is one, having him out there with Philip freaking Forsberg, who's going to be able to thread the needle so well to get it to him through traffic and also have it command the type of respect on the ice that the defense is going to gravitate towards him because we're used to him shooting, leaving other players open. We haven't seen that before, and they finally – did it right. And so I'm going to play the audio from Ellie Tolbert in first. It's really short. And then I want to get your quick reaction, Matt. And then we'll play the audio from Philip Forsberg. And I'll get your quick reaction, Matt. Hi, Ellie. So on your power play goal, how excited were you feeling once you saw the defense gravitating towards uh, Phil, uh, Philip and just leaving you wide open like that? Just how, what was the feeling coming over you knowing that he was going to get that over to you for the wide open shot? Uh, well, uh, of course, you know, when Phil gets the puck, he can make the plays and, uh, we practiced that a uh, couple of days in practice, and uh, I mean, he's really good for finding the seams, and uh, it was pretty much the empty net when I when I got it. So simple, <laughs> very simple, just to the point. I love we've it. been we've been practicing it. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Okay. Until more Nashville Predators show up offensively, this set play will only work maybe for another couple games against Detroit <laughs> against Detroit. Now here's my rationale. Why you track out the second unit. What other player on this predators team is going to command that much respect to have all those players pull into that direction? Nobody. Roman There's Yossi, no maybe. Roman Yossi, but I mean, he's a D man coming in. It's played completely differently. Right. But as a forward, if he's tracking down that side, the only player that warrants that respect is Philip Forsberg. So while this play was phenomenal, what a pass, great play, great setup, credit to Hines for practicing that and creating that play. Sure, that's awesome. But I'm going to need to see a few more players be able to not pull off that pass, but to pull off the system on the power play where that play is specifically designed to pull in some people. Because basically Forsberg, if you watch that whole uh, sequence on the power play, he acts as the catalyst the whole way through. He is the guy that everyone needs to keep an eye on. He's the guy skating around the most. Him and Yossi are the two most active on that power play, while everyone else goes from a kind of point A to point B, quick little shuttle arounds, depending on which side of the, or what side of the puck the ice is on. Now, we just need to see Arvidsson show up. We need to see Granlin show up on this power play. We need to see Johansson show up on this power play. We need them to show up on five on five first in order for them to command any sort of respect while being the main cog on the power play. I don't even want to look at the second power play unit because it's not <laughs> good. I was going to try and word that nicely, it's not but respectable. It's not, it's not, it's a, not a joke. I don't want to call it a joke. It's a, it's a mishmash. It's the monster mash. Of it doesn't players. command respect to the power play unit where it's going to put fear in the opponent. No, it's going to be watch out for the cross ice pass, and that's it. It's just another line. There's nothing special about it that you want where you have really good players that you're like, we need to respect these guys. Make sure you give them space, but not too much space. Yeah, because you look at the first power play unit, Forsberg commands respect, Yossi commands respect, and then Tolvanen, you got to, like, he's in his wheelhouse now in his spot. You got to just let him, you got to keep an eye on him is what I'm trying to get at. But I want to see this power play click more. I'll be happy if they produce around right now. They're one a little under 19%. They are 
17.2% right now. Get if they 21. If they can clip around 20, man, I'm fine with 20. 15 to 20th in the league, sure, just show me that you're snapping the puck around. A few bad bounces on the power play, I can live with because I'm not expecting this team to go off and win the Stanley Cup. I just want to see improvements on special teams, and it's finally starting to happen. But like I said a few episodes ago, don't count me in for a solid opinion on this team until after this series and after the next one. Well, and Ellie Tolvin and doing the right things is important too for the future more than anything oh, else. Oh, it's beautiful. That's, That's all you I'm want looking to see at right now. Doing well. And if anything, if there's, I'm not saying that I'm advocating for this, but if anything too, if you're looking to shop Ellie Tolvin potentially, then you're increasing his trade value right there. But I still don't think he should be on there. It's just, Players that are doing well continue to do well increases their value. And that's all that's that's what you want right now. But also too, to add on to that, just thinking of what happened in the outdoor games in Tahoe, the first unit has plenty of talented players on it for the power play. The second unit doesn't have players on it that would make and Alex Petrangelo go, oh boy, here we go. I love that. I need more <laughs> mic'd up NHL players. Then he gets on the bench. He's like, hey, there's nothing we can do about that one. <laughs> like, oh, Nathan McKinnon, when he starts up on the other side of the ice and commands that much respect, yeah. oh boy, you know he's a good hockey player. <laughs> oh boy. The, the Predators don't even need one of those. Well, I mean, every team needs one of those, but oh, for sure. they just need someone when you cross over the red line with speed. It's yeah. a, oh boy. Not oh the blue line, oh yeah. boy. A red, red line, line, oh boy, is okay. Yeah. All right, so here's Philip Forsberg just kind of elevating on that and elaborating more because I asked him, and by the way, I'm asking these questions at Ford Ice Center Bellevue because I had a beer league game starting at 945, and so I'm Do in win? the car. We won 9-1. to one. Did you uh, score? I did not score. I'm a defenseman. Well, you know. I'm, I'm not a mobile defenseman either. I think I'm a assist. Borvietsky <laughs> scores like once a year. Right. You're my Borvietsky. Oh, thanks, buddy. No, uh, you but... interpret that however you want, but yeah. You going to get my jersey too? <laughs> gonna, how, a, how many games does he play? Get a muddy drunk jersey? <laughs> I'm not making a jersey bet with you. Um, but I'm asking these questions in the lobby as my teammates are walking by and they're trying to talk. I'm like, hold on. I'm on Zoom. I'm doing Predators post game right now. I need to ask a question. I got two in, so I got my Tolvin and Forsberg again. <laughs> So that's why the audio is a little weird because I'm using speakerphone on my phone doing Zoom in the Ford Ice Center lobby, trying to get away from the, the loudspeaker that's blasting. Please make sure you wear your mask at all times. Mask must be worn everywhere except for on the ice. If you have any questions, please see a Ford Ice Center associate blasting through a speaker sitting on the lobby desk. So I'm like, I need to get away from this. This is not going to appear on the Predator Impressive. Zoom because what the what happens too is Fox Sports Tennessee and 102.5 The Game use the audio <laughs> and video from these zoom sessions for broadcast like i'm not going to be the one guy that has ridiculous background oh oh, they're the worst they're the worst zoom courtesy is the biggest thing to me yeah it like if when your name is called ask your freaking question yeah and make sure there's not like a hundred screaming children in the background or justin bradford to the principal's office justin b bradford jeez okay anyways principal's office uh here's philip forsberg (laughs) Hi, Phil. So on that power play goal by Tolvin, and he said that's something you guys have been practicing a lot, basically drawing the defense onto you because people know you obviously love to shoot and then leaving him wide open. Just what did you see out there and what did it feel like to you just to have him wide open for you to find him like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit. Obviously, I've, I've scored a couple like that. And, and obviously, we, we got a big threat with Granny down low, too. So um, just just having that option, being able to, I think he also was, was making a great play, obviously, to keep the puck in to start. Obviously, that set up the whole goal and keeps the puck in. We uh, get a nice rotation up top and 
and like I said, I just, uh, I just try to be deceptive. I mean, if they overcommit a little bit on that side, I'll just try to try to find somebody else. And obviously that was, that was definitely a, a good play. And like Toby said, we've been practicing a lot on the power play and uh, I think we're getting there. He's so all business all the time. That's great. Trying to get Man, into expanding stuff. And he, I'm he constantly, <laughs> I'm constantly amazed at that man's mustache. I know. It's he makes our mustaches look awful. I don't Shouldn't the plural me- of mustaches be mustache? Or mustache. Mustache. It's 137. I'm thinking what the plural of mustache is. Mustache. Mustache. That sounds. That's I didn't like that sounds- noise. This sounds like it should be a comic book character. Mustache to the rescue. <laughs> what is that? These just, just imagine the mustache wiggling, <laughs> and that's the and that's the sound that the mustache is making as it's wiggling. Instead of Spidey senses, he has mustache senses. Yes, this it is makes a much. little twink. Okay, yeah, I know. We're we're either our audience is rolling their eyes or going, oh, it's Justin and Matt. They're back again. Yeah, that would make sense. But Philip Forsberg, all business said yes they've been practicing on it and it's one of those things too he's even highlighting the other options that he had there if anything talk about the vision that that man has in split seconds it's hockey iq man yeah the vision that a player like that has to have when players are converging on you and you you don't even have a second it's split second decisions that you have to make by seeing things out of the corner of your eye because we're talking quick flashes for them to see who else is out there that is their teammate and to know it's their teammate. And I know I'm maybe overselling this, but it just shows how much more talented these people are than me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to think because I'm out there on the ice and trying to make a split second decision. And in rookie league, per se, it's like, OK, guys, we have like a second and a half of time. Make a decision with the puck. Look up and see who you're going to pass it to. Don't just dump it and get rid of it. And here it's split second sauces it across the ice to Ellie Tolvanen who's wide open and he knew he was wide open. Hockey's How such a hard hell? sport. It people is. people don't give it enough credit. One, you're on freaking skates. Two, like you said, if you've ever played hockey, you're lucky if you can keep your head up while you stick handle. You're you're a very talented player if you can do that to begin with. And two, yeah. if you can stop, you're even better. Um but the one thing that I will point out is that you have to have trust in the players on the ice in order to make that pass. You need to trust that they're playing the system properly. And he quoted it all. Quoted the movement at the blue line. He quoted the switch. He quoted Tolvin and coming down and streaking. He quoted the overcommitment. If all of those things don't come together, Tolvi's not open on the other side of the ice. Right. There's no chance. And yes, I'm not downselling Forsberg's pass. Because there's only a handful of players in the NHL that I believe can make that pass consistently. And I think Forsberg's one of those players that can make that consistently. The other players are, I mean, you look around the league, a Giroux can make that pass, a Backstrom can make that pass, Mitch Marner can make that pass. And then there's a slew of defensemen who could probably make that pass too. But these are all pretty gosh darn good players. You put your average Joe there. I can't swear as much as I want to. Can't swear. And yeah, but for you threw me off i hate you sorry I, i'm sorry i didn't meet you that time I'm no sorry. it's fine i it's 140 and i'm exhausted handful of players handful of players that can make that pass forsberg being one of them um it would be a very sad sad time for preds fans if this man gets traded this season we'll, we'll get there next is that on the sheet it is i've ruined it Two for two on skipping segments. 
my god man next let's discuss pecorine real quick now. well first of all johansson being out there with tolvin i think helped as well in the five on five play and i like that if anything there too you're putting him you're putting tolvin with a player that has the ability to be an elite passer as well and that's the hope to open tolvin enough i mean tolvin had multiple shots on that he played the physical game he actually had a he had a really good game i think putting him with a forward like that is going to help so whether you're putting him with Duchesne or Johansson or something like that, Tolvanen needs to be with a more elite style center. I'm not saying that those two guys right now are elite with their performance, but in terms of their passing game and their ability to possess the puck, Duchesne and Johansson are the type of center that Tolvanen needs to be with, not anybody else. That's I, I I mean I could see him playing with Granlund I as long right as he now. has another flank like Forsberg on yes. the side with yes, him. Yes, exactly. That's if, the exception. If he doesn't have that, then it needs to be with one of those two centers. No, and I think that's so important to his development too, Absolutely. is he needs to be surrounded by talent in order for his talent to shine because yep. he's not a prospect that's going to be able to drive a line. He's not one of those guys that is like a generational talent or even, heck, a top 10 talent in the league. Like that's that's just not in the picture for Tolvin right now. Could eat my words, sure. But uh, this <laughs> third line, third line, and I'm doing air quotes right now for everyone listening, should be the second line. Yeah, absolutely. It, it absolutely should be the second line. Uh, Duchesne, I mean, I said it in the preseason. This guy's a third-line center right now based on the lines. On his performance, he slots in as a top-six forward still, yes, but it's just he can't play on the wing. And well, if, the, you're show, the and if, you're show, if you're showcasing Granlund, then you're automatically losing that center spot. Right. Because he's, he's playing center. But this team has two second lines, a third line, and a fourth line. They don't have a first line right now. They really don't. No, they have a first line player. They have one of those. That's Philip Forsberg. That's it. Yes, that's it. That's it. Anyways, let's move on. Pecorine had a good game. And when I say good game, he made some game-stealing saves. We've been talking about this multiple times, about a goaltender needing to make saves that will steal a game. He absolutely had game-stealing saves in this win against Detroit. And again, I will not overhype it because it's a win against Detroit and that this is the Predators need to be beating Detroit to have any sort of confidence in the season. But Pecorine, no matter what, these players in the NHL, they've earned their place to be in the NHL. They're NHL players, and they've had some decent opportunities against Pecorine. And I think it was at least twice Pecorine made game-stealing saves. Those are the types of things you need to see in order to build confidence in your team, in your defense, in your forward units and everything to go and have them score goals for you too. He made the types of saves we haven't seen him make all that often. And that was that was a really good sign from Pecorino in this game. Hecka is the bonafide number one starting goaltender of this team. There right shouldn't be, right now, yes. There shouldn't be a discussion about it in any shape or form. He has performed fantastic. That's the only word I can use right now. The team plays better in front of them too. I don't know what the science is on that, but they just play way more defensively. They they might face, I, I need to look this up, but I think they probably do face more shots with Pekka in net, but that's because the defense is able to go and decide between, all right, we're giving you the shooter. Don't need to try and take away the lane, or I don't need to go and block the shot here. I can go take away the lane, and we trust you to handle the shot. And that's what you get with Pekka. It blows my mind that this human being is 38 years old <laughs> with some of the lateral movement that he still has. I mean, it's not the fastest in the world, 
but he's so experienced. His hockey IQ is something that I've brought up now a few times. It's so high that he knows when to cheat over slightly. He knows when he can take his pad slightly off the post in order to give himself that jump start to move over into the center of his crease. Like these are all things that older goalies you fail to adapt and you get the heck out of the league, or you adapt like Pekka and you can still post pretty good numbers on a team that struggles. So it's really nice to see Pekka doing this and to see him being untouchable, which is still very funny to me that that had to be publicly announced. Um, Veterans going to vet. Veterans going to vet. Pretty much. It's a don't you dare send offers for this guy kind of thing. <laughs> but no, picking up a shutout, like this is the effort that we wanted to see top to bottom from this team. And you don't get the shutout without Pekka Rene. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's those big time saves that the Preds, like you said, have been missing all year long. And Pekka's coming through. Like what I can name more big time saves over the last two, three games with Pekka in net than I can with uh Saros all year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, up next. How much higher is a confidence after the win against Detroit? And <laughs> should this team still sell? We'll cover a lot of those different things. So these are gonna be hot topics. We're gonna be covering trade stuff until we get past the trade deadline. And as soon as we get past the trade deadline, we're gonna be covering what should they be doing in the offseason. So <laughs> just to get used to it. And I know most people, from what I can tell, feed off of this type of talk matt i've never been one for it because i just hate rumors and everything but at this point this team still is looking like they're a team that should be selling we'll discuss that up next on the lots of predators podcast from justin bradford he's matt best now folks we started the show talking about built bars so i can be kind of quick and snappy with this one because we kind of gave them an ad read at the top pro bono uh built bar best tasting protein bar Ever feels weird calling it a protein bar because it doesn't really taste like your generic protein bar where you bite into it and it tastes like dust. But Built Bar, when you bite into it, it has that chocolate outside. It tastes like rich, dark chocolate. And there's this not gooey inside, but it's a consistent inside where it doesn't feel like you could throw it at a wall and have it break bricks. Built Bar has 18 amazing flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, whatever one Justin was talking about at the beginning of the show. That's brand new. What is it? Please tell me what it is. Chocolate, peanut butter, crisp, something like that. You got it. Just want to let you keep going. Yeah, that one, that one. They're going to have a ton of flavors for you to try, including that one. Uh, They give away a ton of stuff on their website. It's promos. It's Deal Central. And the deal we have for you is you go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Folks, if you listen to my betting advice and I told you to bet against the Predators, you lost. I'm sorry. Sometimes you lose, though. And then when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But over at Bet Online is where I'm making all these bets the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. The best part about it is they have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. So if a goalie's out due to injury or if a forward's out due to injury, they'll update the odds for you. They're a nice book. They won't screw you over. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best play, best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Now, the best part about all of this, though, is they're going to give you free money. I'm going to give you a 50% welcome bonus just for signing up over at Bet Online using promo code LOCKED ON. That's L O C K E D O N. And the free money means 50%. So if I don't, or donate, if I give them 100 bucks as a deposit, they will give me 50 bucks back to play with. Go get your money back that you lost betting against the Predators. 
not going to tell you right now if I'm going to bet against them in future games. Stay tuned to segment two, but first go to betonline.ag, promo code locked on. And welcome back to the Locked on Predators podcast. Justin Bradford, Matt Best. <laughs> what do you see in my screen, Matt? That's fantastic. I, that is the most vivid. Okay, so it is a Bruce Banner, Victory Shwarma, Amazon exclusive Funko Pop. And I have to look at like that screen over there because I have you on that screen while I record on this screen. But that right. is phenomenal. That's the first Marvel post credit scene that I think of. Like in when I think of Marvel post credit scene, because it's the first one I consumed, I think. And it's the first of a set of six, similar to the one we had the Avengers assemble. And so they're basically going to put together the entire Avengers team at the table eating shawarma. I don't think I've ever seen you this happy. And they're all going to snap together, which will be great. You're the happiest human for that. Now, you know, I want to know what makes me really happy. Okay. These make me a lot happy. I've never, do they taste any different? They taste so much better than regular peanut butter cups. I'm holding up king size heart shaped Reese's peanut butter. Why cups. do they taste different? They're just differently shaped. Any court is in session. Any of the shaped Reese's peanut butter cups taste better than regular Reese's peanut butter cups because there's a higher concentration of peanut butter and chocolate the chocolate is smoother on the outside as well on this and uh, do you like you're telling me that they have like a separate area where they make different, different chocolate where they make different chocolate and different peanut butter i understand they're shaped different but don't they just go there's more peanut butter in like them. shaper thingy like no. it makes no sense to be like all right we got the special events chocolate factory yeah, over there special for a reason man if any of our listeners work in a chocolate factory or know anybody that works in a chocolate factory, one of us is full of BS here. And the other, how, one's right. how about this? How about you do another poll and try to prove me wrong again? What was our last poll about IPAs, buddy? Okay. Well, you know what? Oh, well, uh, you, you know what? I'm, I'm right. I'm going to take the microphone here. Oh, you're going to you're gonna take the microphone. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And say that. People are going to agree that shaped Reese's peanut butter cups are better than regular ones. They're not. You're it's arguing the for the sake of arguing. Okay, you're We're going to do, no, do A, B, and C on this poll. We're going to do A, heart-shaped ones or shaped ones taste better. Shaped. Thank you. B, regular taste better. Or C, they're both the same. A. C, they're both the no, same. No, they're not. You can just look at it if you cut and slice Give me them. more examples. Christmas trees, Easter eggs, pumpkins. Like specific candies and chocolates. You can't just say shapes and sizes. These are the shapes that Reese's comes in throughout the year. How do so you are not you saying know this? this? Specific? What kind because of inner in Canada, kid are you? And we get none of this fun You stuff. don't have shaped Reese's peanut butter cups? No, they don't have to market to us like we're children. <laughs> oh, Smarties being in fun colors is not marketing like your children. Hey, look, these are M&Ms on crack, kids. Welcome to Canada. They're shaped as little circles. Yeah, and they're M&Ms on freaking crack is what they are with the sugar coating on those things. M&Ms are for children, too, and adults, grown-ass adults. Have you seen the mascots? Are you just trying to make enemies right now? Because I feel like that's what you're trying to do. No, okay, generically or genuinely, I believe that... Shaped chocolate tastes the same as regular ass chocolate. Shaped chocolate is not shaped Reese's peanut butter cups. This is about Reese's peanut butter cups. If you cut them in half, you will see it's thicker peanut butter in a shaped one than it is you, a regular one. Do you have both on hand right now? No. I only have one more pack. I had four. 
okay, my bad. Excuse me. There's no way. Like, it's the same. No, it's not. I bet you, I I bet you the results for this poll. We're running this poll. A-shaped will have like 20%. No, 10%. B, no, people are gonna vote against me in spite now. I can feel this in my bones. Uh B, yeah, you want regular. Okay, A and B will be like 20% combined. C, they taste the same, will be like 80%. You you grossly underestimate people. I can't I can't believe that. Why can't you believe me? When I give you an awful take on food, like you you're you're telling me that my take is awful on food. It's not awful. I just think it's wrong. (laughs) That means it's awful. (laughs) There's no way the shape of a food makes it taste differently. It's not, it's not about just the shape. I know, it's, but it's the Reese's factor. Right. But I'm saying it's a different mix. It's not like it's just, oh, we're taking the same thing. It's peanut butter cup and stamping out the heart shape on it. It literally has a different weight to it and everything. Yes. Open yours. <laughs> no, I already had some tonight. How many did you have? I had two. And then I had a half a box of Tagalongs as well. What was a Tagalong? Girl Scout cookies. Oh my god. We don't get Girl Scout cookies here. Oh my god. These are they're... so he's he's eating a Reese's peanut butter cup right now, folks. A single. You're telling me that the There's... inside looks any different than this. Yes, it's thicker. What's wrong with this? I'm just saying there's a greater chocolate and peanut butter ratio. How much more do you want? There's a lot. Do you realize you're talking to an American fat boy? You're right. Okay. Like, I'm not going to lie about this. I've tasted them side just, by side. Man, and I, I, the chocolate is also smoother the way it finishes off on a shaped one, too, on the outside. Because it's not as, it's not as hard of a bite in as it is in the peanut butter cup. I, I love like, Reese's peanut butter cups. But I'm just saying the shapes are shapes, and they're special for more of a reason than just being a shape. I just feel like you were so enamored with how special they are because they're shaped no it's it's clouded your when was the last time you had a shaped one and then a regular one like within seconds this past week (laughs) what dude it's my favorite chocolate my favorite american chocolate i got peanut butter all in my mouth right now yeah you sound like it too but it's my favorite one so when reese is available i'm gonna get it whenever reese is fast break i'm gonna get it that's that's my go-to snack on a road trip is a Reese's fast break. Have you had the half pound cups before? Yes, I have. I don't prefer those as much as too much. It's almost too much. It, it is See, too much. It's I like don't like eating, I don't like eating chocolate and then having it sit out and then revisiting it. Okay, it's like Goldilocks, okay? You have that half pound one, it's too much, okay? You have the Reese's peanut butter cup, the typical one, the regular one. It's just not enough per se. But then you get the shape, the special shapes that come out at only certain times of the year, and it's just right. It's just right, man. Yeah, shake your head all you want. Shake I'm your head also you want. smiling while I you shake are my smiling head in disapproval. And, sh- and shaking your head, but I'm right, mother. I'm right. Oh, I'm excited for the results of this poll. Oh, you are? I'm going to run the poll because we'll get more interaction if I run the poll. No, 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 no. It's going to be so biased. <laughs> Run it off with a locked on poll. Oh my god. You I'm gonna whip all this up. No, we're gonna make this super even. 
Okay. We're gonna. I'm gonna whip up all this whole segment we've spent on shaped chocolate because we're children, and then I'm gonna supercut it into like two minutes and twenty seconds for Twitter because this is not two minutes and twenty seconds. And then when you tweet out the episode with our video on the like on the thread, put the poll. Okay, I'll put the and poll. Then and then I'll, and then and you, then I'll and then retweet it. And then I'll quote tweet it, and your ass is going down. Uh, that's fair game. I got nothing on that. I don't know why you you don't want to trust me. It's so absurd to me. Like there's that shaped. It just makes no sense. It's so weird to me that the shape of a food, specifically Reese's, I understand, just tastes better. I don't understand. Like if it tasted this much better, why not make the OG product like this all the time? Because do you realize how much money they make on commercial holidays with shaped ones? It's special. The, I bet, the boost they see. If you I made bet, it where it wasn't special, then it would become the norm. And then it's not special anymore. Just like the McRib. McDonald's ew. makes a, a ton of money Ugh. on something that some people like. And it only comes around once every couple of years. But the, do they see a boost in sales? Absolutely they do. It's, all, it's marketing, man. I, I don't like it either, but there's a marketing ploy behind this as well. You only do shaped Reese's for a certain time because in a special, people buy it up. They charge more for it because there's more product in it as well. And people are willing to pay that extra money for the better flavor. And then you take it away from them. And then they're like, what holidays next with shaped Reese's? I need to know. And we've been in the holiday like gamut right here from Halloween to Easter and then it just disappears for a couple months. And then I'm like, hey, man, hey, is it Halloween yet? Are you putting out the Halloween Reese's yet? Are I, you I doing like my... a tick? Like, what yes, are you I, doing? I, I, need my, I need my shaved pumpkins. I need, I need my pumpkin Reese's, man. Oh, well, that's not going to come out till August. Like, come on, it's only two weeks away. You can do this. It's July. I know you can do it. But to the point that where people are asking, can't you do like stars for the 4th of July? Can't you do something to get us through the summer? Because after Easter, man, the shaped Reese's are gone for a few months. They're gone. You got to fix you know, that. You know that Michael Jordan meme where it's stop, get some help? <laughs> get some help. My no, because you know what? Well, the overwhelming majority of people are going to be on my side with this. I guarantee Welcome to Lockdown it. Predators, where Justin Bradford gets more fired up about me disagreeing on chocolate than any of my Predators takes since day one. Yeah, well, because I know you're wrong. Anyways, so how you much confidence do we have? That you're natural? wrong 100. <laughs> oh, oh, honey. Oh, booby, baby. Mm. This was like a six-minute segment. Yeah. Why well, am I surprised? All I did was it, I was excited to show you something on my screen. And then you scoffed at what I had to say. No, I didn't scoff. And then you triggered me. No, I did do that. Not on purpose. I didn't scoff. I was just amazed at your take. If you were amazed and you would have been like, oh, I'm curious. Not like, you're wrong. It's a shape. You're wrong. It's a shape. See? <laughs> See how triggered you are? I know. You're doing this on uh, purpose. Do you think people listen to us for this conversation or hockey talk? I think it's like 50-50. I think if we didn't have this conversation, we'd be boring. I think so. Yeah. And it's not like it's not like we ever script this. And I know I've said that on a bunch of episodes now, but looking at your set list of topics here that I failed to comprehend in the beginning, none of it says let's argue about chocolate. 
No, because I find random things on my desk and show them to you. And it's sometimes I got nothing fun on my desk. I got it. Ooh, a new hat. That's fun that no one can see because they're listening. And this isn't a video six. podcast yet. It's a Toronto six from the NWHL. Yeah. A hoodie and a hat. Hoodie and a hat represent best logo. A, top five logos in sports right now. The that is a is killer, killer beautiful. hoodie. Thank I love you. it with the strings. Oh, it's my favorite. I love hockey hoodies like that with the oh, laces yeah. in it. So good. All right. So real quick. <laughs> All right. How much did your confidence boost after this shutout win over Detroit? In the team, in the team itself, 10%. In specific players, uh, highest that it boosted was probably about 25% in Tolvanen. All right. Very fair. I'm about the same way that it boosted in Tolvanen. It continues to remain high in Philip Forsberg and Roman Yossi. Obviously, Mikhail Grenlin playing himself into a, a higher trade value, which... I'm sure makes David Poyle salivate because, I mean, everybody's been talking about Matthias Ekholm, which obviously is a very, very good candidate for a trade, just given his contract situation and his play. Just need to get healthy so they can showcase him a little bit. Uh, even though I think most teams know what they'd have in Matthias Ekholm, but obviously you want him healthy if you're going to trade him, right? Uh, but Mikhail Glenland is one of those players that if he boosts what he's able to do right now, it's only going to move it, move the draft pick higher that they can ask for. And that's what you want. It's not a one-year deal. I mean, why not? I mean, Bobby Ryan's probably the same way with Detroit. He's yeah. trade bait. And if we, if he can boost his abilities, then it's just going to help Detroit out. And it's a win-win situation for everybody there. So for me, yes, good win against Detroit. It's good to get some confidence in this team. And we saw the system again, they, the buy-in there that we've talked about before, which is drive to the net, go to the dang net. They went to the net. They created opportunities around the net. They crashed the net. That's two games in a row. We've seen them actually crash the net and do things by going towards the net. So much so that a goal was turned back and overturned because Mikhail Glenland's skate brushed up against Jonathan Bernier and like, oh, that's goaltender interference. (laughs) If you think that's the most outrageous goaltender interference of the night. It's not the most outrageous. No, no, no. I mean, of the night, Montreal's was. Oh, God. Abysmal. Two seconds left in the game. Oh no! And it gets called back. That was horse dung. It's like hit, Detroit's own player had more of an interference than Mikhail Glenn yes. did on that. So that was horse crap right there. But Phil Horsberg made up for it. Now, the next question before we leave you: Should they still be sellers right now yes. at the deadline? Yes, yes. This team still has to prove that they can beat top tier teams in this division <laughs> before we'd even say maybe they can actually make a play for fourth because right now they are in such a deep hole in their division. Yes. Th- there's still plenty of games to play in the season. They played 18 games. There's still a long way to go, which by the way, folks, if you haven't seen a lot of games got rescheduled for different days and different times. So make sure you check your calendars. Hopefully they auto update if you have them synced and everything, but check that because there's a couple of games that change times. I know the bunch of Sunday games uh, were added to make up and the predators jumped up to number six in this division Still, their points percentage is only at 0.444. Dallas with five games in hand right now. But they still need to beat teams like Carolina, Florida again. They need to beat Tampa. They need to beat a bunch of these other teams in their division and be competitive against those teams for me to have any sort of confidence to say, "Mm, maybe they shouldn't do a a full rebuild. I'm not going to be like that. Thank you. We're at the (laughs) top. We are at the moment in this organization right now 
that a rebuild is necessary in order for them to restock to actually make a run. That's why you go and fully embrace a rebuild instead of retooling. Because if you don't do that, you're only going to string pain along farther. If you retool and continue to retool thinking you can just squeeze your window open and hope to make the playoffs and hope that things just come together again, that's way too much hope. And I'm sorry that we need to be real with you. That's not the way it needs to happen. This team needs to go through a three-year rebuild and then you can start working on reopening your window with a slew of majority new players. That's how you need to do it. That's what you need to embrace. And if you don't embrace that and think that this team right now as it stands still has a chance to make it the playoffs and going on to win the Stanley Cup, then I need you to get off that medicine and go to your doctor because they <laughs> prescribed you the absolute wrong medication. They're just I, not in that position right now. No, they're not. I mean, you look around, they're going to – F themselves out of a good draft pick if they keep this up, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're 24th right now in the league with 16 points. Two points bumps them up to a tie for 21st in the league, but it gets them to actually 22nd with their uh, win percentage if they were to just pick up two points right now randomly. And then there's a log jam with 19 points all the way up to 16th place. And, I mean, games played is a factor. Nashville, 18. Other teams around that echelon is 15 games. But uh, stop winning games i mean it's nice every once in a while to win a game that's fantastic but to circle back to the original point it's kind of funny when i log on to like twitter or i log on and i see threads on twitter or on facebook or on reddit about people who think this predators team is still good after one single win the demographic is all elderly people I'm not here to yell at Grandma Sue and Grandpa Joe. I'm not here to do that. But it's very funny to me that the demographic shakes up, shakes, yeah, shapes up that way. Because they're like, this team's good. They're showing a lot of heart. It's like, Nana Sue, they just beat up on the Red Wings. They're Nana a bad Sue. team. That is okay. Uh, I have a very funny story for you off air about why I use like Nana Sue as my go-to. That I can't say on air at all. Um, and like it's all the old folks that are just like we believe in this team they're great and i think it's because they hold on to that almost like a bunch of years ago and it's like well we're, we're that's in memory we can still do that whereas everybody who has some sort of sense in them is like yeah picking up these wins is nice and all but it'd be kind of cool if detroit beat us so they could go up in the standings and we could go down <laughs> but from our perspective like as a hockey not purist but as a hockey fan I like watching success happen for this Preds team because without success, you're not going to get a lot of progression with Tolvanen. Mm -hmm. Later in the season, you're not going to get a lot of progression with uh, Tomasino. And by the way, the Ducks are doing it right. Zegris is up in the NHL. Uh, knock, knock, who's there? Tomasino. Let him in. Uh, Anaheim's doing it right. They have 15 points. The Preds have 16 points. Anaheim has one more game played. Whoopie-doo. If they're doing it, Nashville, you should probably do it too. And I understand that it'll probably happen after a Grandland trade or after a Howla trade or after an Ekholm trade. And I, I get that the roster spot will be freed up then. But uh, it's time to not wave the white flag completely, but it's time to wave the, yeah, we got to rebuild flag and just move on with your lives. And I would I would never call for a team to tank. That's not. No, no, sports. no. Play competitive. Yeah. So and I'm basically just clarifying again to what we're saying here. It's not calling for a team to tank because I know there are people that already cheer for a tank, but it's accepting the situation that an organization is in 
So go ahead and make the moves to do that. And it's not saying you're tanking. If you make moves to trade veteran players on one-year deals to bring in draft picks, that is not your team or organization actively tanking. That is preparing your organization for the future that's that you asset can be competitive. Management. That's asset management, people. So I don't want anybody to misconstrue what we're saying here and say we want the team to lose or anything like that. It's that take advantage of positions that you're in when players have some value and go ahead and embrace a rebuild time because that's going to make this team better in the long run. And that's what you want is this team to be better in the long run that you can actually get some good draft picks and have great draft years to where you're drafting a plethora of people to where we all know in any draft year, it's great if you have one player or especially two players make it to the NHL. The year that they drafted Weber, Suter, and Klein in the same draft year was a ridiculously good year for them. So when you have one player from your draft class make the NHL, it's really good. So the more you can do that, the boost your percentages and ratios of possibly having one of those players break through, the better because it makes your organization be a more solid ground to have a prospect pool. Because then when you do get good again, and you have to maybe trade away a prospect to get another missing piece that you think is missing, you can do that again. That's what a rebuild is all about. And this team has not really been through a rebuild. It was a fire sale in 2007 because the ownership basically said they had to because they're trying to prepare for a move to Hamilton. That was not a <laughs> rebuild. Yeah, giggle it up, Hamilton boy. It was not a rebuild because other teams knew there was a fire sale, so they didn't get much great things in return. You didn't have a team that saw asset value. They saw they got to dump that player anyway. So it's not like we have to give much up for them because they have to. They have an internal cap. They're not going to spend much money. Now they're at a point where they have players that do hold some value. And yes, if it's a third round pick that's valuable, it's a fourth round pick that's valuable. It's for 2022. There's value that's, in that's that. That's better. Yes, so that's, that's better. better. But either way, there's value. And if you trust your scouting system, and even then you might get lucky. I mean, look at some of these players that have come from Europe that are late round picks that still blossom a little bit later. And you just hope you can find that again. And you will. If you draft enough of them, eventually you will. But that's what we're saying here is to embrace that more so and being okay with it and understanding with it. Just like a lot of Detroit fans are. Yeah, a lot of them are frustrated, but I've talked to plenty that they're like, we trust in it because we saw what Steve Eisman did with Tampa is that, yeah, you're going to be bad for a little bit, but if you're drafting really well and bringing in the right players and tooling it the right way too, then you can build yourself up to success and not have to worry even about getting the number one or the number two overall pick. You just get a lot of picks and see where that can go. You bring in some other prospects from other teams that maybe they weren't as high on Philip Forsberg. And then you trade them some of your assets, Martin Erat, and then you can build players from there and see what happens. <laughs> we'll say this though in today's nhl you do need a bonafide superstar yes to be surrounded by this talent that we're also talking about you need a go-to guy yeah. and i know people are going to be like well in buffalo it's not working buffalo is the weirdest case i've ever seen in my life is that team on paper should compete but they are just abysmal same with even edmonton. though they won they won they won i get it edmonton's the same way edmonton's so jekyll and hyde though they show up and they yeah. disappear as seen in their playoff track record of making it or not the one thing i will say about the predators though yes fans embrace the rebuild that is coming because that personally, better be coming. That, that should be coming. Because personally, I grew up in the Toronto sports market where I got to watch some pretty bad Toronto hockey teams that the best player on the ice was Nick Antropoff some nights. Not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying he shouldn't be your best player. And then when a team does a partial fire sale and just sucks for a year, it's an awful season to watch hockey. But you know what fixes that? Realizing that the year after, you're going to watch players grow. The year after that, 
you're going to get guys on your team that you didn't expect to be as good as they were. Cough, Mitch Marner. Um, things like that will happen. It's just you got to go after it and get a bonafide superstar one way or another. It won't happen in the 2021 draft. Get assets for the 2022 draft. The more picks you get for the 2022 draft, the happier you should be because there are some players in there that could make a hell of a difference. And if the Predators aren't great next year either and they position themselves well for a strong 2022 draft, just like the Senators did for this 2020 draft, then you should be a happy, happy fan base. But to me right now, the value on a second-round pick in 2021 is less than the value of a third-round pick in 2022. That's how deep I think that class is compared to this one. For sure. And that's where you're just hoping that the scouts are able to look at this and value it appropriately as Mm -hmm. well. And that's where what you hope for is some of these players will play themselves up a draft pick for the Predators and they can have some good individual games. And it will be interesting to track for home games because as media, we see seed assignments. I will definitely be looking at, no, I won't be the only one. We'll be looking to see where the scouts are coming from, the other pro scouts and what teams are coming from. Because that, I don't necessarily say it, gives you an inside look but it gives you an idea of who's being watched it'll also be curious as to who the predators are playing because it could always be an opponent that they're watching but more likely than not right now but feeling that some teams are gonna be sending in a bunch of scouts for the predators and seeing what the predators might have to offer because there's so many assets the predators could trade it's not like they have one or two guys that they're going to trade or should (laughs) trade they have a plethora of guys uh, at least four or five that could be dished out before the trade deadline also, quick soapbox, if an author writes a piece of something like four landing spots for X player, that does not mean the author is saying there are rumors of X player oh, going God, to yeah. this spot. Stop being a dumbass. Read properly. <laughs> Use comprehension. <laughs> landing spots, potential landing spots is different than this team has been chatting with this team and they're interested in this player. Get your head out of your rear end. Bravo, brother. Thank you. I see people saying, "There's I heard rumors on this. I hate he, it. It's like Pierre Lebrun said this. It's like, no, Jagaloon, he didn't say that. He wrote an article saying, here's four spots. The rumor is from Elliot Friedman in terms of who is untouchable. That's the yes. rumor. That is a rumor. That is not something he said there's a good landing spot. That's what he's saying he's hearing based on the organization. Oh, oh let me get on one no, while, we're, while we're doing this. While, while we're going on little soapboxes here. Folks. Just because a player is said to be untouchable does not mean a GM's not going to hear offers on them. Yes. General managers are talking all the time. And this is not singling out a single tweet or anything like that. Cause I know some people have tweeted me, so please don't think I'm singling you out. I just want to really explain this. General managers are talking all the time. And sometimes deals take a long time to take place. I mean, we saw and heard that the Pierre-Luc Dubois and Patrick Laine trade, it was finalized days plenty of time before this happened that if this is the situation we're going to make this trade and then it happened eventually weeks in the working yeah the pk suban and shea weber trade started at the draft and then what over a week later is when it finally happened the talk started the draft it takes time but general managers are always talking they're picking each other's brains who knows what calls david Poole may get may receive and someone's jokingly going you know i was thinking about sending an offer of this this and this for this player what do you think They're picking each other's brains all the time to see what value is for players. They're taking phone calls on every single player at some point in time. Just because they, and also this was asked of us as well, a no movement clause just puts the power on the player. A Mm -hmm. no trade clause, no movement clause, but they can be asked to be waived as well. Sometimes it's a modified 
no trade clause like Roman Yossi will have. But you have Pecorini with a fully no trade clause, which we know David Paul does not like to give up. But those could be asked to be waived for certain teams. Just because a player has a clause in there doesn't mean it can be amended. This is not like the NFL where contracts can just be gone. <laughs> That's yeah. the NHL is a little bit more contractual situations going on between the players association and the league itself. But the general managers are talking all the darn time, picking each other's brains to see what the value is. That's how you decide value because when a general manager finally says, you know, that actually sounds good or Hey, throw in this fourth round pick. And I think you might have something there. It's just like when, okay, it's not just like, but it's similar to the video game. When you can go back and forth on stuff, they're oh doing that on phone calls all the time. Yeah. They're going back and forth on their Blackberries <laughs> all the time <laughs> to see what the value is. Peter are. Griffin laughs at but, but But that's really what they do. They talk all the time. So a general manager may say this player is untouchable, and they probably are. But it doesn't mean they're not going to at least hear a phone call on it because every player is tradable. Every mm-hmm. single player in this entire league is tradable for the right return. Connor McDavid is absolutely tradable for the right return. Will anyone ever give something that is the right return? No, not right now, but he's tradable. Who statistically is the greatest hockey player to ever play? Wayne Gretzky. Didn't he get traded a couple times? Yep. And don't think for a second that a team like, I'm not pushing this into the world, that if the Senators went to the Preds and were like, We'll give you three first round picks, Brandstrom, and we'll give you two seconds for Yossi. If Poyle said no to that, then his head's up his rear end too. Right. Like there's no untradables. If someone wants to offer you a ludicrous package for a player that you called untradable, mm-hmm. you look like a jagaloon for a minute right. and go back. Is it going to happen though? No. No, 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 it's not going to happen. No, but no every chance. player is tradable. General managers would listen on every single player. If anything, just like what you said before, Matt, a lot of it could be posturing as well to say these are untouchable but they're, yeah they're gonna take phone calls if somebody really really wants that player they're gonna see what the offer could be and david Pohl's probably gonna go no mm-hmm. for some of these players but people are concerned about philip forsberg being potentially on the table that's just david Poyle saying he would like to hear offers but highly unlikely he's going to receive something that he's going to accept now on other players like granland and richardson and cousins potentially Ellis Ekholm, way more likely to listen on those players because I think teams have more available that they could get rid of and have, offer a good return. That's what it comes down to, folks. I mean, just like the same thing in free agency. You may get upset that a player signs with another team for less money than you thought he might have been available for in the free market, and then you go, well, why didn't the Predator sign him? That's all, they, that's all he wanted? It's free agency. The players has the right to choose where they want to go. Maybe they just want, didn't want to come to Nashville. Maybe they didn't want to go to Toronto. Maybe they want to go there. They have the right to choose where they want to go and the right to say what salary they want to, to take. Sometimes it'll be too big and the general manager's like, no. Sometimes there's different bonuses in there and everything too. There's so many different things that we don't know of that happen behind the scenes. But ultimately in free agency, it is down to the player and the agent for what they think is best for that player situation for them, for their family, and so on and so on. So just because a player signs for something different than what you thought doesn't mean that they were going to sign for your team there. Same thing with trades. Well, they only took that in the trade. We could have offered that. Maybe they did, but maybe they wouldn't want to do business with the Predators. It's, it's, too, it's two-sided, folks. It goes both ways with business. There's so much that goes on that we don't know about. Like so much. And some of the things that people talk about all the time is like 
no tax in Florida, things like tax that. In Tennessee. It's, yeah, it's the, you get taxed more if you come to Canada kind of thing. It's it's also like, oh, do I want to play for this historic franchise? Do I want to live in Nashville, Tennessee? Oh, or do I want to go live in this city instead? Or do York. I want to go live in this climate? Like, it's a bunch of different things. Or it's I wore pajamas as a kid of this team. I'm going to go play for them and I'll take a <laughs> discount, blah, 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 blah. I still love John Tavares, always will. Um, it's there's so much that goes on that there you is. and I we'd be so lucky to know any of it. Just this would be a fly on a wall. But yeah. we'll we'll talk more about this because I think these are going to be ongoing topics just in terms of continuing to push through everyone's heads about how to keep things within reason. That's what we want to do is keep your head straight within reason because silly season is going to be starting sooner than I think we know. Silly. Silly season will be starting a lot sooner than we think for the natural predators. Even if they are winning, I think you just see the potential here and what can happen because they're going to be receiving offers because everybody kind of knows where this organization is headed and it could be headed in a positive direction in the next few years if they make some of the right decisions. So we'll talk about that way more. Interact with us on Twitter at just Bradford at best of Matt at LO underscore predators. Make sure you vote in that poll that we're going to put out and just vote for me and I'll give you a free thing into the damn ground. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. (laughs) Bye-bye.